All right. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. What's going on, Brad? You know, nothing much, man. Just uh, just loving the fact that both of our teams make the playoffs on another fun NFL year. Things are going good this weekend. You know, Mavs won, Steelers won, Manchester United won. So a little trifecta there. But I'm just loving life. A little crazy in the holiday season there. Missing a few pods, but we're back at it here for the playoffs. Yeah, obviously we're still doing the live shows and making those work the best we could. But, you know, we just couldn't get uh, schedules lined up during the holidays. But we are back. We have tons to talk about. I have tons of notes here that I just kind of jotted down um, in the last 10 minutes, literally. So I want to start off with some fun trivia questions. I like just, you know, teasing you sometimes. And I didn't tell you about this. See, you didn't even no, know. I know, but I, I like this. I enjoy. enjoy yeah. This. And I just know you're going to get at least two of these. It's just, I just know you and I get, you know, here we go. Who's the only team in the NFL this year that did not get a divisional win? Oh, and six in their division. Jets. Wow. The Jets were. Look at you right off well, the bat. Jets. I, I, I knew that because going into the final game, they did a thing of all the teams over the last two seasons and the Jets were 0-11 going into that game. So they were 0-6 in division both this year and last year, which is... So now 0-12 total. It's yeah, just nuts. remarkable. Um, who has the best conference record in the entire league? Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, 10-2. Isn't 10 that nuts? 2, yep. Mm-hmm. Very impressive for them. Um, struggled against the AFC, but they beat New England. <laughs> So, I mean, everybody else in that division, I think they struggled with or whoever. No, they actually played. They lost Tampa. That's an NFC team. Who's their? I guess I don't remember who they played in the AFC, but it doesn't matter. Um, In the AFC. What division would give the Cowboys trouble? Chiefs Chiefs beat them. Ah, so that whole thing. And the the Broncos beat them. Broncos beat them. I don't think the Chargers. And the Raiders beat them. It's the Raiders, not the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah, that they beat the Chargers week two. Everybody else beat them. And yeah. actually, everybody else put it down on them. Yeah, the Remember was, Denver smoked them. The Raiders Pittsburgh. smoked them. I was watching that game in Pittsburgh on the TV, and me and my dad are like, what is going on? Yeah, yeah. Um, last one. Who currently has the league's worst losing streak? Going So they lost yesterday. They have the, the worst losing streak right now. Yeah. I don't know, but I know after three wins, the Panthers were god-awful. I'm going to guess the Panthers, but it's I don't the know. the Panthers. You went it three for three. Okay. The Panthers I, are currently on a seven-game losing streak. But you know what's asinine, and this is what actually posed the question. I think I know where you're going. The is Ravens it, lost six in a row to end the season. Yeah. They were eight and three. I did you see my post about it? it was, I put my post at like four. No. And I couldn't sleep. So basically, um, I had this post that two weeks ago, the Browns fans around here were saying, "If we win and the Bengals lose, oh. we're playing for the North title." And yeah. they literally got eliminated that weekend. And then the Ravens were on a five-game losing streak after being the number one seed at eight and three. At eight and eight, they went into the final weekend. They needed the Dolphins to win the Jags to win, and the Raiders to win for them to get in if they beat Pittsburgh. Somehow all three of those teams won, but the Ravens lost to the Steelers. So it is funny in hindsight knowing that the winner of that Steelers-Ravens game was going to go to the playoffs. Let, let's, they, let's jump right into that. I'm, I'm glad you – I mean, you already transitioned. So the Jags upset the Colts. Let's start there. Trevor Lawrence looked like he – first off, he had his best game as a pro. Can you agree with that? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, and Carson Wentz has honestly, I don't know that he's been incredible at all this year. I wouldn't say he's been great, but he's been pretty mediocre over the last month. And Jonathan Taylor and the defense has been really good. What did you think of the Colts just completely, let's just say it, shitting the bed? So as far as the Colts go, it's weird on Carson Wentz because the majority of the year he's been good. But yeah. the problem is that if you were to say across the NFL, the 10 worst performances by a quarterback, he might have three of them. It's pretty bad. Like when when he, he's had three or four just awful games and then pretty good the rest of the way. Um, I feel like a lot of the onus is going to be put on Carson Wentz, and rightfully so. The quarterback for wins and losses gets a lot of the slack. 
But it would have been easier to say, well, with the fumble and the pick, you know, when they lost by three, it was on Carson Wentz. But the team got slaughtered everywhere. You know, we talk about, you know, the front seven of the Colts and the offensive line of the Colts. The Jaguars' lines pushed them around the entire game. They stonewalled them on three or four fourth downs. Like, nothing worked for them. Again, they haven't won in Duval or the one London game, but away against the Jags, they've lost since 2014. It's really remarkable to me that the Colts missed the playoffs, especially when, you know, they beat the Patriots and the Cardinals and, you know, those some of those teams in the middle of their so schedule. The wall. Bills. Yeah, it was Bills, Cardinals, Patriots, uh, Tampa. And we said there was a four-game stretch. They, they smacked the Bills. Bills. They smacked the Patriots. They smacked – who was the they other one? They lost to Tampa the third game because they, they had five, again, five turnovers by Carson yeah. Wentz. And they lost by a touchdown. And then, yes, they beat the Cardinals the week after that. Jonathan yeah. Taylor ran all over them. So it's, I think this is a scary team next year. They don't have a first-round pick. That goes to Philly, so that hurts. They didn't make the playoffs. Philly did, and Philly gets their first-rounders. So that's painful. But essentially, I think this is a team we're talking about. You know, Carson Wentz, full offseason, no injuries. They know what they have going into the season. But, yeah, seven pro bowlers, top 10 offense, top 10 defense to – to get dismantled by the Jags like that is just first round pick two years in a row and they slaughtered you. So that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. One last thing for this is like, obviously you're a Steeler fan first. That's without a doubt, but you've secretly liked the Colts or the Colts this year and you've rooted for them. Was it weird reversing course on them? Not at all. Like I am so far and above a Steelers. I had that game on go. If I had a yeah the Jags I would have worn it there is no there honestly wasn't any counter feeling it was nothing but hooray it was nothing but well it wasn't nothing but hooray because the Colts won at the same time the Steelers are giving me a heart attack against the Ravens so there wasn't time but but I had a friend or two with me in in my discord when when the Steelers kicked that field goal at Boswell you know we're going to the playoffs like I didn't have any sub feeling inside me that was like oh no the Colts because I went into the weekend and I was like, this is kind of perfect. I can either cheer for the Steelers or the Colts in the playoffs. Obviously, Steelers first. But, yeah, I've always liked the Colts. I've, I like Carson Wentz. I liked Andrew Luck. I love Peyton Manning. Everyone knows how I feel about their quarterbacks over the years. And You like Taylor? Yeah, I, I just have always liked the Colts. There's never been a player I didn't like on the Colts. T.Y. Hilton's cool. So it's just Darius Leonard's awesome to watch. So it, I do like the team, but there's the Steelers and then everyone else. There was never a oh no type of feeling in my mind at all but it is shocking that you know I I thought the Colts were better and when you look at two weeks in a row beat the Raiders or beat the Jags and you couldn't do either of them I think it does speak volumes to you know what is Carson Wentz what is this team yeah um one more thing before we transition to Steelers Ravens you think Carson Wentz is the quarterback there next year yes yeah, I agree. Uh, Steelers Ravens. Obviously, we both predicted that the Steelers would beat the Ravens. They've they've had the Ravens number in the Lamar Jackson era. Obviously, um, Harbaugh's got a couple of wins over over Tomlin in that time, but for the most part, Tomlin has definitely um, had Harbaugh's number. I mean, it just it just that's just what it is. Um, boy, oh boy, the Ravens eight and three at one point. They were a team that, I don't know if you remember, I think I had as high as maybe one or two in the power rankings. I don't think you ever had them that high, but I was really high on them, and I was defending them in those close losses or close wins with the with the Colts and with, with the Lions and all those other things. I was defending them. Well, then Lamar went out, and it's like I've never been like a huge Lamar guy. I think you're a bigger Lamar guy than me. <laughs> um, but boy, oh boy, dropping six in a row – and obviously, we know of all the, the two-point conversions and playing with the backup quarterback. So, two things before we even get into the Steelers. The Ravens' downfall. Um, where are you at on, on Hundley, the quarterback? Do you, think he's a, do you think he's a player somewhere else next year? Do you think he's still a backup? I do think he's a player simply because I think he'll be a cheaper option than some some places have that could potentially produce more. He's kind of like a low risk, high reward type thing, you know, someone who could potentially be great. And essentially when you look at a lot of teams, it's like when you're rebuilding an offensive line or don't have elite playmakers on the edge, you know, the difference in that game, if, if the Ravens had a quarterback who couldn't move, the Steelers win that game by I think 10 to 13 points. 
simply because the injuries that the Ravens have had. So having a mobile quarterback and a scheme that fits it, I think there's a place for Hundley to start. Um, do I think he's like, I don't think he's going to be anything crazy or the next Lamar Jackson or something to take over. But I do think when you look at 32 teams in the league, I think I think he could start and play for some of them. Yes, I think there will be suitors for Tyler Hundley. I'm not saying we're better than other people, but often when we're when we're projecting where a team is going to um, place or what their record will be coming into the season, we have multiple times talked about what schedule are you playing? Are you playing a first place schedule, second place schedule, third place schedule? How nasty are the Ravens going to be playing a third place schedule next year? Yeah, the Ravens um, are going to be playing a third place schedule and um... – well, I've already seen the opponents for the Steelers um, and the Steelers drew the NFC South. So outside of Tampa, I mean, do the Saints, Panthers or Falcons really scare you all that much? I don't think I think you'd favor the Ravens in most of those matchups. And we drew the AFC East, which would be fun. We do play the Patriots, Bills, Dolphins, Jets. I think with the dysfunction and the firing of their coach, I think people aren't scared of the Dolphins or the Jets. So the Ravens having a third place schedule and being able to play, you know, they're going to get either the Texans or the Jags. They, they just avoided the Colts and Titans. I think that's a huge thing for them. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're going to be a nightmare. And you think they're going to get Marcus Peters back. They're going to get Marlon, Marlon Humphreys. We remember what we were thinking about J.K. Dobbins. They're true backup hill, or maybe they keep uh, Latavius Murray. He played well for them yeah. in spurts. So you look at this team, and I think it also shows that, like, you know, when when they play Hunley instead of Lamar, you think sometimes Lamar win those games or you think Hunley filled in just fine. Like, I think there's yeah. a case for both sides saying, well, look, when Lamar went down, Hunley couldn't win those games. But you could also say, you know, Lamar played and they lost two games on two point conversions and were just as well in the game. So how, you know, does that make Lamar have less or more money? You know, what does it say about him? Because Hunley did essentially the same that he did. So there's a conversation both ways, but I think the Ravens are a team that no one's going to want to see on their schedule. Lamar's always going to be an X factor with his legs and the team comes back healthy. Everyone had them winning the division, you know, 11 wins. And with all the injuries, they still got eight. I think we, we alluded to that in the real talk rankings, or at least I did the highest they got was six. Cause I was like, man, they're squeaking out these weird wins. I don't know if they'll always win the close one. The injuries are just continuing to mount up. And then, oh, the two-point conversion didn't work. Oh, it didn't work again. And then it started to reflect that they were really scraping by. But Justin Tucker is a, a weapon. Lamar Jackson, that defense will be back. They're a team that will make the playoffs, I would assume, next year, even though they didn't this year. 100%. Yeah, I agree. Um, Steelers. Obviously, they needed help. They got the help. We just talked about that. Um, they take care of the Ravens and what could have been Ben's last game didn't end up being that. What did you think about Pittsburgh squeaking in? Um, are you excited about a playoff matchup? Um, so I'm excited that we are in the playoffs and I'm going to cheer for them, but my no means am I excited? I was really hoping that the Texans would pull that out. I feel much more confident against the Titans than I would against the chiefs simply because we played them three weeks ago and we had no answers anywhere on the field like I don't know how you overcome that uh, maybe maybe we've got some gadgets that I don't know about that we're going to pull out but all you can ask for is a chance to make the playoffs I know a lot of people like you don't really have a good shot and you got to rebuild so why not get a better draft pick never once have I thought about next year until the Steelers don't have any more games on the schedule and 100%. maybe that's the difference of being a Steelers fan than a Browns or a Lions fan or other people around you know, all we need is a chance. We've won the Super Bowl as a sixth seed before. So, I mean, it can be done. And in terms of lucky number sevens, I mean, this is the seventh seed. Ben's number seven his last year. We're going for our seventh Super Bowl. Maybe there's a historic run in the cards. I don't know. But if you're asking me would I want another chance to play playoffs, yeah, 0-0 zero, zero against the Chiefs. You know, we, we have a chance right now. It's tied. So I'm looking forward to the playoffs. It's always nice when – when you know four, you know eighteen teams don't have anything going on, and you're one of the teams on the weekend. Now, if we get crushed on a Sunday night, then we get crushed on a Sunday night. But to have the chance, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, it you didn't know after the win whether you were going to be in the playoffs. You assumed so. 
Absolutely. But you needed to avoid a tie. Mm-hmm. What? Holy cow. <laughs> so we talked about the potential of being uh, two teams agreeing to just knee it back and forth. Obviously, that was far-fetched, but it was possible. Possible. It didn't happen, and it turned out to be an absolute barn burner of a Sunday night game that I know you stayed up for to make sure that Pittsburgh um, got in. What did you think of that game? I thought it was uh, holy hell. Um, Yeah, I knew that a tie was possible, but it would simply have to be what happened. I thought both teams would have to score the same amount in overtime, and then the clock died down. And essentially, it wasn't their plan but I wholeheartedly believe the Raiders run another play and they attempt a 57-yard field goal. I don't think they let it die down. I still think they try to win the game. They're not going to worry about a block or a return. Carlson's got the leg. So at the end there, I knew we were going to have a shot, but when the Chargers go in and kick a field goal with five minutes left kickoff and it's a touchback to the Raiders, I'm sitting there like the Raiders have no incentive to throw the ball. But they did try and go for the win. Um, we can talk about Stanley's timeouts and I know that there's a lot of people that are like, when he took that timeout, it was justified. You know, he wanted more time, this or that, maybe analytics back it up. But I agree with Colin Cowherd here. If Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid call that timeout, the backlash is like, well, look what they've done in the past. Look at their success. They're, you know, who they are. They're allowed to do that. Brandon Staley is a first-time head coach who's done nothing, been controversy about his fourth down calls all game, and essentially – All year. Yeah. All year. I meant to say all year. All year. And many Chargers fans and players now have to sit on a whole offseason of, our coach doesn't call a timeout. It's a 58 or 59-yard field goal, and odds are we're in the playoffs. They didn't play for a tie, but of course you have to understand that in the realistic view of football – if a tie is the only way to get your team in the playoffs at that time, the safest route, you're going to take it. Yeah. But essentially Daniel Carlson, I mean, he's money. He's one of the top three kickers in the game right now. Not ready to put him above Tucker, but he's definitely top three or four kickers in the game. Hasn't missed. And, uh, you know, you're right. I watched every single snap of that game. And when it was done, I went to bed at 5.30 in the morning. I couldn't sleep. I ended up having to sit up. I watched the same Scott Van Pelt episode of Sports Center twice because, you know, it feels good when everything went your way. And, yeah. then, uh, and then I just watched them TV shows. But you're right. I couldn't sleep. It was awesome. You know, I, I look back on it. Was a, it was like seven or eight years ago or something like that. But the Chiefs were playing the Chargers. And the Chiefs needed to lose for the Steelers to make the playoffs. And it came down to like a 42-yard kick from the Chargers. And he pushed it right. And the Chiefs made the playoffs and the Steelers were eliminated. And I remember how I felt. And I was like, I'm never going to care again if other people have to do things. If the Steelers missed the playoffs, we had 18, 17 games. We didn't do enough. We shouldn't have tied the Lions. We shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't have done that. But you still have to be emotionally invested because, you know, you're, you're either going or you're not. And then it does balance in your mind like we said you know how the Steelers offenses looked it's like well if you win you get a date with the Chiefs on Sunday night like is that really everything you want and it's like hey man a chance all you can ask for is a chance so everything in the regular season all the days you wake up put on the jersey watch the games it's also you could say objective accomplished we made the playoffs you know make the playoffs and win your division or the first two when you're when the Super Bowl is the third well we didn't get the division but we were able to check the playoffs and now let's roll the dice. Maybe they fall our way. If, if you say, well, you get the Chiefs first, they're kind of like the measuring stick, right, for the AFC Absolutely. at least the last three years. 100%. So if the Steelers beat the Chiefs, hey, man, you you know, that's, that's a confidence that, that, that rides throughout the way. And, you know, we've got the veteran quarterback. We've got the defense. We've got 22 and a half maybe 23 and a half sacks we'll see what the nfl does i was pissed when they ruled that as a aborted play i've never seen that in my life but tj so last thing before we move on to uh black monday mvp race did you did you think anybody locked it up who's your who's your vote for mvp i i don't think anybody locked it up um i think outside of quarterbacks i think cooper cup did elevate himself past jonathan taylor uh, Jonathan Taylor had a great year, but Cooper Cup, the triple crown winner, the numbers he put up, 
Unfortunately, it's always going to be a quarterback award if quarterbacks have great years. Um, I think there's a case for Brady. I think there's a case for Rodgers. I'm not going to be disappointed who wins it either way. They both kind of did enough to earn it. But if I was casting a vote, I would vote for Aaron Rodgers. The touchdown to turnover ratio, uh, 13-3, and number one seed. Now, I know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I believe, are also 13-3. and So, team success is in that. Yeah, or 13 and four. Sorry. So, um, yeah, clinching the number one seed. There's again, there's no reasons for both of them, but I just think it's crazy to have the amount of touchdowns versus the amount of interceptions. I just think that is true value. You know, you're putting up the touchdowns, you're putting up the numbers, but you're just never giving the ball to the other team. Um, I think that is a, I don't know. I just think that's a little bit more, but Tom Brady, his age, third most passing yards all time. I know he had an extra week, but I didn't see any other quarterbacks over 5,000 doing what he did. So, um, like I said, reasons for both, but this is a quarterback award. And if it's not Cooper Cup, it's going to be one of those two guys, but they're the, they're the top three. And to be honest, I could see him calling Cooper Cup's name. I don't think that's out of the question, but we all know how quarterbacks are kind of viewed here. They are more valuable typically than a wide receiver. Yeah. Um, for me, if I if if I'm giving it away today, I would give it to Cooper Cup, and I would have that, no problem with that. That would be my MVP vote. But Cooper Cup's probably going to fall. So if if there's a top ten, I don't know if there even is. Maybe there's a top five. He'll probably fall in the four to five range. Okay, just because he's a he's a wide receiver. Unfortunately, Michael Thomas put up not triple crown numbers, but good numbers two years ago and wasn't even talked about as an MVP. With that said, when it comes between Brady and Rodgers, and you just said this, and I I don't understand where it's coming from. So it's just funny to me that now, in order to keep Tom Brady from getting another MVP, we're going to bring up interception numbers. It's it's baffling to me. So Tom Brady throws 12 picks in 17 games, okay? And because Aaron Rodgers only throws four, which is, by the way, fantastic. I'm, I'm not dogging him by any stretch of the imagination. But Tom Brady also threw over 150 more passes. He didn't miss any games for his team, okay? Started every single game. Threw over 1,000 additional yards, okay? And 43 touchdowns compared to 37. Literally, the, the, I, I just it's, the, the, I think he goes Tom Brady's 44 years old and he's literally first in like literally six or seven passing categories. It's just, I don't understand it at this point. The people that are bringing up Roger, I'm like, I, where's this even coming from? How is Rogers even in the discussion? Because, in my opinion, if we're gonna put Rogers in there, Burrow needs to be above him. Burrow had a fantastic I, year, too. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, the whole Rogers thing, I'm like, where's this? Literally, where is it coming from? You know, a couple even, years a couple years back, Tom Brady threw 28 touchdowns, two picks. Didn't even finish top five in MVP voting. He only threw two picks on the full year. Well, he only played 12 games because he was suspended for four. But, okay, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to say he should be the MVP. Like, literally, this is one of Tom Brady's best years ever. And we're going to say, oh, no, Rodgers only threw four picks. I don't give a shit if he threw four picks. He threw 150 less passes. He could have threw a couple more. It's just it's just baffling to me. I I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. I figured you would you would go Rodgers. We both agree that Cooper Cup should probably be the MVP, yeah, but it's I, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It should literally – there should be like a Cy Young Award for quarterbacks and then like something else. But that's what Offensive Player of the Year was made for. It's Which not is often what quarterbacks Cup should there. get, it, unless no that's Burrow. Unless that's Burrow. Seriously, uh, there's I mean, no way Cup doesn't take home offensive player of the year. Yeah. Uh, Black Monday. Breaking yep. news. Not sure if you've seen it. Why we've been potting over the last five minutes. Joe, Judge has, been, Joe Judge has been fired in New York. Wow, I thought he was doing really good with his, like, always losing and stuff. <laughs> so you pointed out a stat that I didn't think was real. I thought you made it up. Yeah. Uh, I did. I did check it before we got on. Twenty-four touchdowns in seventeen games. That's all the. That's all the Giants scored. Twenty-four touchdowns. Yeah, I had a buddy of mine who's an Eagles fan. Uh, Lane Johnson finished the year with one touchdown reception. Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony combined had zero receiving touchdowns. Can't can't have that. 
yeah no that's that's wild that's wild That is they ran, a, they ran a quarterback sneak. They ran a QB sneak on third nine from their own four. Yeah. 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 So let's let's go here. Giants fire Joe Judge. Probably pretty deserving. Yeah. What I mean, obviously the quarterback situation is not ideal, but the team's bad too. I mean, he's a special teams guy and they suck at special teams even. So it's like I thought it was deserving. Broncos. What'd you think there? Vic Fangio's fired. Um, I didn't pay yeah. enough attention to the Broncos, but again, both last year and this year, I had them more wins than than what they actually achieved. So yeah. in my eyes, I thought they underachieved. And they've been incredibly inconsistent the last yeah. two years. Um, so yeah. maybe it's time for a new coach. But the, the few people I know that associate themselves with the Broncos were not happy with their coach. And that kind of reflects the fan base. And then, you know, it just builds from there. Maybe it was his time to go. Maybe he should look to go back to a defensive coordinator spot because the Broncos defense has been okay, I, at least I thought. Yeah, the, the Broncos defense was really good. Matter of fact, they gave the they gave the Chiefs everything they could handle the last week of the year. I mean, they just um, – they haven't got the QB situation right. And to be honest, they've been a weird team. They've just been super inconsistent. And the coaching staff hasn't been ideal. And um, – Outside of Elway and Peyton, this team's average. And they're never terrible enough to have, like, the number one pick. They're just always average, and they need to get over that hump. Um, Vikings. Mike Zimmer. Released. Time uh, to go. Yeah, you know where I feel like this started to go downhill? When Kevin Stefanski was no longer there. You can't they have the playoffs with that roster. No. Yeah, I... The thing is, and, and Colin's been pointing this out a ton lately, okay? Every team in the league that's, that's in the playoffs is basically an AFC, or a, I'm sorry, a offensive coach. There's very few that are elite, that are elite, elite um, teams that literally have a defensive coach or a special teams-led coach. And I'm sorry, but like if you're going to be a defensive coach, you, you got to have success. You got to have the quarterback right. You got to have a good offensive coordinator. And it seems like after the Vikings lost to fans, he, Zimmer's lost the locker room. I think it's one of the definitely more talented teams, as you alluded to. And I thought it was time for him to go too. Yeah, absolutely. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, decent offensive line, capable quarterback players on defense I just thought that the Vikings especially when you have the Lions twice Bears twice you got to take care of those and they lost too many close games and when you talk about close games you look to the quarterback and the coach mostly and I don't think they can part ways with their quarterback and I think they felt it was more on the coach so it was time to go as simple as that Matt Nagy Bears yeah I mean Forget what I think or what you think or production. The entire fan base hated that guy. I don't know what happened eventually, but it might have been from the time when they passed on Mahomes and Deshaun Watson to trade up for Mitch Trubisky. I don't think that's something you can come back from. I don't think it's something that the fans ever could come back from. They let it slide for one year. They went 13-3 and three and made the playoffs, and then they were just a terrain wreck after that. So... You have to get rid of him, and they got rid of uh, Pace, and they just cleaned house, man. They had to get rid of everybody, and I have no complaints with that. Yeah, the Bears situation is just super weird because obviously that year that they they go and get Trubisky, they also got Cleo Mack, and there's kind of like a new spark, and they traded a bunch of picks, and and then all of a sudden it's just like, gosh, Trubisky. I mean, Trubisky obviously was exposed, but. Uh, I mean, Matt Nagy is going to be a good offensive coordinator somewhere. I think I think he still has the offensive mind. He did drag Mitchell Trubisky to the playoffs, but at the same time, a whole new regime was needed there. Um, Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we spoke briefly about this on the phone yesterday because we obviously couldn't hold it until today. Um, I'll let you start. I mean, this dude came on as a first-time head coach, defensive coordinator, and he came onto the scene. And, uh, like, you you know, I'll give you your thing. I know you want to say it, but there was a whole perception about what the Dolphins were supposed to do. 
and Brian Flores was too good at the time. He was the top rate. We were talking what he was able to do with the Miami Dolphins was incredible because wasn't his first year when Ryan Tannehill was hurt or he had just left for the Titans. They had, yeah. Yeah. So he comes in and they, they trade up and they get their quarterback to a tackle Violi and, you know, things are whatever they have to be there, but he's winning football games. And then this year, he relinquishes defensive play calling duties and they have a terrible start to the season. Walks back over, give me the playbook, starts calling defense. And this team was just trending up. If you talk about missing the playoffs, you want to be trending up. If you're not in rebuild, you want to be showing improvements that build to the next season. Won eight of their last nine games. And then they can them a day after the season's over. I just, I was again, all these, all these coaches, it's like, I don't have all the inside sources, man. I don't know. Sure, they got rid of their coach. You know, they're bad. The Dolphins were not bad. I, my jaw hit the floor. I, I couldn't believe that. And, you know, everything I've listened to the last couple of days on radios and podcasts, everyone seems to be on the same page. How, how did this happen? Maybe it's a blessing in disguise for Brian Flores because he's not going to be out of coaching very long. Yeah, so what you, were, you had kind of teed me up a second ago. So there was this um, – slogan this mantra that was actually adopted um during brian flores this first year not by brian flores but by the entire miami dolphins fan base tank for tua and brian flores was so good that he sucked at tanking he took what was projected to be a winless team or a two win team somewhere in that vicinity zero to two wins and i think they won six and the thing is, is they lost several games in a row. New England, like week two, beat them like 43 to nothing. I think they got beat uh, uh, pretty bad in their first game. And I think their third game, they got re- beat really bad. Like legitimately in their first three games, they were, they ran out scored almost 150 to like 10. It was really, really bad in Brian Flores' first three games. Well, then they started to like take those ass kickings, turn them into something. And they ended up winning like five of their last seven games that year. Like something crazy. And the second year, no, he doesn't make the playoffs, but Dolphins were 10 and 6 last year or 9 and 7. I don't remember. They were either 9 and 7. A winning record. A winning record. And in Miami, I'm sorry, but newsflash, you suck. You've sucked for a very long time. You've had several, I shouldn't even say several, a handful of mediocre seasons where maybe you got into the playoffs but got bounced in the first round, or maybe you had a solid year but nothing to, to write home about. You've been average to below average for a very long time, and you've never been great. And Brian Flores had a winning record last year. This year, okay, he comes in week one. He beats New England, all right? Then he proceeds to lose seven in a row. During this seven-game losing streak, there is a ton an absolute ton of talk of Deshaun Watson. It's pretty much the main storyline in trade talks in the entire league. Davian Howard wanting to possibly yep. leave. Tons of stuff. Well, literally, as soon as the trade deadline's over, it's like Miami flipped a just complete flipped a switch. Like literally, now that that was behind them, they were they were unbeatable. Now they feasted on some bad quarterbacks and some average quarterbacks, but they still won games. If you're winning games in this league, it needs to be recognized. And they win eight of nine to end the year, including sweeping Bill Belichick. And he's let go of his job. I'm sorry, but if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, this is why you are average. This is why you're bad because there's no stability. And they hate it. Like, I yeah. see one Dolphins fan that's like, yeah, okay, we're moving forward. There's no optimism among the fans. They're like, this is why we're bad, because we fire a coach. We just swept the, for all the reasons you just said. And yeah. it, it, and some people said it's not results-based. And it can't be results-based, because if it was results-based, this doesn't make sense. It has to be about the quarterback. I don't know if Brian Flores was for or against Tua, and everyone above him was not. But you had the Tua plays. And then when the going gets tough, throw Ryan Fitzpatrick in. Okay, he's out. Okay, two is playing. Let's get Deshaun Watson. Like, is he like, no, let me develop this quarterback. They can't use the trade deadline. And then they go, it has to be something about the quarterback. I think I think Brian Flores, <clears throat> personally, didn't think Tua was the answer. He won games despite being told to tank. 
Then after he won enough games and said, look, I don't need a new quarterback, <clears throat> they said, we're trading your picks and getting Tua. Okay, fine. We get Tua. Tua's not playing well. Let me put in Fitzpatrick, who's a serviceable veteran. Okay, look, we can win at the end of games. I don't need Tua. Okay, well, we're going to the next season. He's playing with Tua, and although it's tough, it's like, I don't know why was the team so different when they were talking about Deshaun Watson versus, like you said, after the trade deadline. It has to be a difference in beliefs. He was either on Tua's side or was against Tua, but it, it just, results-based, there's no way that this is understandable. And I'm sure it'll come out soon, but it makes no sense. And the whole the whole situation's weird. Well, people immediately said, oh my gosh, is this the Harbaugh landing spot? People started throwing Jim Harbaugh. Well, then Stephen Ross, who's a massive Michigan booster, pays tons of money. He's a former Michigan grad. He basically said, he goes, I'm not going to be the guy that takes Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. Okay, so then who's your head coach? And there's only one other explanation, in my opinion, that makes remote sense. They're trying to bring Aaron Rodgers in and pair him with whoever Aaron Rodgers wants. That's got to be the only – Am I? you see what I mean? No, yeah, I mean, maybe. That's got to be it. Like, otherwise, you've set your program back. You, you just set your, your franchise back. And, I mean, gosh, dude, I'm like – I'm sorry, but it's tough sledding. You Who have the Patriots, you have the Bills in your division. Who wants that job? Nobody. 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 You, you, you have to go into that job knowing – if I don't beat the, if I don't sweep the Bills and Patriots, I'm I could still be fired. It's almost like, like the the GM I feel wants to puppeteer the coach, and Brian Flores wasn't about that. Like yeah. it has to be a difference in beliefs. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously that's got to be a, a big thing. And Brian Flores will probably find a job, and I'm not talking about a defensive coordinator job. I'd love to have him back for New England playoff run, but I I think he finds a job. Where, I don't know. I guess time will tell, especially because I think more and more teams are going to be heading in the offensive direction. But uh, so real quick, Giants, Broncos, Raiders as of, I mean, who knows, but Jags, Vikings, Bears, Dolphins. Got all those? Yeah, Jags. Here, here we Vikings, go again. Giants. Bears, Broncos, Dolphins. Giants, Broncos, Raiders, Jags, Vikings, Bears, Dolphins. Raiders, okay. Because the Raiders are without a head coach right now, and so are the yeah. Jags, even though they have interim coaches. What's the best job? Dolphins, Bears, Vikings, Jags, Raiders, Broncos, Giants. Now, obviously, the Raiders are in the playoffs, so that's arguably the best job. Um, Broncos, arguably, are, are a great job because of the fact that they have cap space to bring Aaron Rodgers in. Dolphins um, won eight of nine games. The Bears have a rookie quarterback that people feel good about. The Vikings have a great roster. The Jags have Trevor Lawrence. Raiders are the best. <laughs> Giants are the Giants. Um, if I'm looking at it, I'm looking at the New York Giants. They're going, if you come in as a head coach, you may also get say in who the new GM is possibly. You know, there's there's openings there from top to bottom. Yeah. Also, the New York Giants have acquired an extra first and an extra third round pick in this upcoming draft. So they have two firsts inside the top 10. You still do have a quarterback on a rookie deal. You have a you have a lot of weapons on offense and you've got a solid defense in a division that's potentially winnable. Uh, the, you look at the Cowboys, they did go six and zero in division. You might be able to change some of that. Um, you look at the Eagles, never won a game this year against the team that made the playoffs. That team's beatable. You look at Washington. I just think that New York in the market and being able to have all those draft picks be part of a new new um, front office. You might be able team. to you might be able to run Russell Wilson. Yeah, well, I was actually going to get into that. I knew uh, we mailbags. I know my dad asked about free agent quarterbacks, but back with the first time, like three or four years ago, when Russ was rumored to leave, there was a huge implication that his wife Sierra had a big impact on where they could go, and the fact that she's always said she loves New York. 
Yeah. They have the draft capital, the players, the positions to where they could be a quarterback away. We talk about Daniel Jones turned the ball over, the fact they only had 24 touchdowns. Russell kind of answers all their questions. Um, but I think New York is a great spot. But you look at the Broncos and the Raiders, I only say that's not great spots because you have Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr. Like, I know that the Raiders would have Derek Carr, but that's such a tough division. Would you want to go in there, do your best, win six games, and it's like, look at my division. I mean, like, well, you're not good enough. So I do think that's a setback there. Um, Jaguars, again, the Colts and Titans are so far above um, where you guys are at currently. That's always tough to play in Duval. Shad Khan's under a lot of heat right now, everything that happened. But you do have Trevor Lawrence. And you do have a young squad that seems to be at least on the offense and defensive line improving. But I would say the best spots, the Vikings, Um, the best spots, the Vikings, you have all those options on offense. You have solid players and good leadership on offense and defense. You Aaron Rodgers may be leaving the division shortly. The Lions and Bears are kind of a dumpster fire. I think it's a no brainer. If you're a head coach, you want the Vikings job. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I was waiting for it. I was like, is he not going to mention the Vikings? Then you obviously teed it all up. I was going through them in my head as I was moving. Yeah. Next, and it's- uh, in in my opinion, even if Roger stays, there, he's Vikings. pretty much he's he's laid out he's laid out his timetable multiple times. He's not a five year more player, at least not with Green Bay. He may play five more years if he goes to a new team. But I mean, if he stays in Green Bay, in my opinion, he's probably. Th- two to three more years and he's Vikings probably already beat the green Bay Packers this year. Yeah. They were field goal game away from the Bengals who are a top yeah. this year. I mean, they're right yeah. there. They are very right there and they have a top five receiver, Justin Jefferson comparable quarterback that could probably be replaced. Honestly, I think you can move on from him pretty easily if you wanted to. Um, yeah. I just think there's a, yeah, I think it's a good job. What's the worst job. Do you think? I think it's the Bears. They don't have a star quarterback. Uh, It's Dolphins, Bears, Vikings, Jags, Raiders, Broncos, Giants. For me, it's it's probably the Bears or the Giants. I know you just spoke highly of the Giants, but if Russell Wilson doesn't come there, that's a bad football team, like really bad. And the Bears... We haven't seen a whole lot from Justin, or from Justin Fields to make you think that he's a star right now. He's just a rookie quarterback, okay? And outside of that, they have nobody. And Allen Robinson's their best offensive piece, arguably. And he had a really bad season. Maybe he – I have I have theories about Allen Robinson regardless, but um, Mooney was okay. I mean, they're just not good. I don't know. I, I do – I think it might might be the Dolphins. And it's – it's just because the way the front office has treated their head coaches, you yeah. have, in my opinion, an okay but limited quarterback that you've given up resources to get. There's already inklings from inside the organization, players wanting to leave this or that. It just seems like you'd be going there and you, you would just immediately feel like there's a target on your back already. I just feel like you'd walk in there, and if you don't do exactly what people say above you, like you're not able to do your job fully. Um, and on top of that, you have the Bills and now a Mac Jones, Bill Belichick for all that time. So you're going to have to play. It's kind of like the same situation if you're the Broncos. You know, you have the Chargers, Chiefs, and yeah. Raiders. So if you go to the Dolphins, you have Bill. I know you're like, well, they just beat the Patriots twice. Yeah, but I don't think the next coach is going to be as good as Brian Flores. Like, yeah. it's, I just don't think they are. They could be. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, but you're right. There's. I think the thing I see, the optimism in the Giants, but they could really go either way. I just think winnable division, lucrative market, tons of resources in the draft. They're going to be getting a new GM as well. I just think there's a chance to totally reform that franchise. <clears throat> we'll see how it goes, but I don't know. Vikings. Mailbag. Yeah, mailbag time. You ready? Yeah. Um. So going into this pod, I should say this is where we start these mailbags. Brad and I decided we didn't want to give um, any predictions for the playoffs. I know there's a question um, that's kind of related to that, and we're not going to answer that fully, but we'll kind of do our best. But um, we're going to try and shave that for either a podcast or a live show, whatever we have time for this later this week. But first question is from John Villard. 
do the 49ers and their run game plans get the best of the boys this weekend? I'm going to rephrase the question so that we're not making predictions. Um, how do the, do you think the 49ers fare well? Do you think they bring a strong run game? Do you think the Cowboys run defense is going to be able to stop them? Where, where are you at there? Yes. Completely agree. Um, I do think it's a great matchup for the Cowboys to win their first playoff game in, in several years. Um, but I also think it's a, a great draw for the Niners. Um, obviously a team that we both really liked before the season started. Uh, you actually picked them to win the division. Um, and I mean, you could argue that they're the best second half team in the league or uh, a top five team in the second half of the, uh, of the season. So, um, yeah. And something, something fun. I know at least, uh, we do a little bit in the back pocket of Patriots and Steelers fans. You know, you can always say we have the most Super Bowl wins with yeah. six. So yeah. it's nice that the two teams with five play each other right off the bat, and one of those can get out of the playoffs. So, it, you know, it's all, you know when it comes to the Patriots, yeah. Cowboys, and 49ers, Steelers, you know, there is always that race. You know, who's going to get the seven first? Is another team going to join at six? It's always what nice a classic to rivalry, too. What a classic West Coast rivalry. It'll be fun. Classic football. I mean, all these matchups. If you're if you're a neutral viewer, the Chiefs Steelers is the only game you're really not truly excited for because you're gonna believe that the Chiefs are just gonna destroy the Steelers. That's the only one. I think there's another one too. Yeah, well, all right, Eagles Tampa. Yeah. I only think that's fun because you statistically you have the number one rush offense in the league versus the number one. Okay. Offense. Okay. Um, there's a. I yeah. think there's just a little bit of like something there, but. The only game people, I mean, they're 12 and a half point favorites in a playoff. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's literally, again, we're not going to predictions, but like their strength is Tampa's strength. So it's yeah. like you, you got to find another way to score. Otherwise, you're in for a long time. Just day, a couple so. seven seeds out of Pennsylvania trying to make it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize that. I didn't realize that. We need to have the Pennsylvania Super Bowl at White Valley at Penn State in the snow. How crazy would that be? Make it. Right there, it's right in the middle of the state. Go yeah. into that alley. Yeah. Just Do a whiteout. Super Bowl. Oh, goodness. Um, Eagles. This, this one comes in from your dad. How do you think the Steelers handle their QB situation next year? Obviously – you're you're in the playoffs right now. You're thinking about Big Ben, you know, but it's it's, it's going to be his last game at some point in the next month, um, month to month and a half. Yeah. So, where do you, what's your initial reaction as far as who you think? We've talked about this a few different times. Is it updated? Who who are you going with? So, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, and Deshaun Watson. I believe there will be inquiries about those four quarterbacks. If the Steelers do not land any of those four, Mason Rudolph is taking the first snap for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if we draft a rookie quarterback, it will not be in the first round. If there's a guy we like in the second, maybe, and I'm not saying that's what I want, but if you're asking me to look at everything the Steelers have done, everything they've said, first round pick is not going to be a quarterback. We are going to look for a proven veteran, and if we can't, we're going to see if this Mason Rudolph thing can, can work. And then if it doesn't work, we're going to have a high draft pick next year for those quarterbacks coming out. You're looking at C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, you know, maybe some guys I'm missing. And if it does do well, maybe Mason's that guy. I've always said from if you silhouetted Mason Rudolph and said his height, his weight, his strength, his throwing of the ball, he could potentially be successful. He is just an extremely hard guy to root for the way he looks, the way he kind of acts. but. I believe the Steelers are right. We're not going with a rookie quarterback next year. If we can't land one of the four veterans, Dewey Haskins and Mason Rudolph play it out in the offseason, I think Mason Rudolph starts. That doesn't sound ideal. Uh, it's probably not. I, uh, you know, and I've, I've seen that uh, Kevin Colbert is stepping down as the Steelers GM. He's done a fantastic job at this year. We always knew he was leaving with Ben. But I've heard reports that he's leaving – after the 2022 draft, I heard that he is going to stay, help the team for the future draft, like, step down, and we want to fill the GM spot, which that's why I continue. I, I don't know. I just think that if we are, 
I think Mike Tomlin, you know, the biggest critiques about him are late game situation calls and maybe play calling. His personnel site, his relationship with the players, all that's positive. So I do think it's potential that Mike Tomlin could promote into the GM role. Will he take both of them for a year and then we look for a coach next year? I don't know. You know, Bill Belichick, I believe Pete Carroll, are guys that do the GM and the coaching. Maybe we let Mike Tomlin be another guy who does that. Yeah. But, um, I just I do think that, you know, and I've, I've mapped this out and I'll go into it just a little bit. Um, Deshaun Watson has been very vocal about social reform, Black Lives Matters, and trying to be involved in that. And the Texans organization didn't let him do that. That's a big reason why he sat out. Now, I know the legal stuff, we're going to assume that gets that gets cleared up because um, he hasn't been kicked out of the NFL yet. We have the owner who invented the Rooney rule. We would have an African-American GM and Mike Tomlin. And now Brian Flores and Eric Bieniemy are going to be on the market again for head coaching spots. I think those are two top coaches. And I, I just think that, you know, if we're going to make a play at Deshaun Watson, I think that could be a, you know, it's a long plan, but something that isn't entirely impossible. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Your dad's got another question. This might be hard to go into, but, uh, where do you, where do the big name quarterback free agents end up? It's kind of hard to elaborate on that. We're not entirely sure who those all are right now. Um, as of right now, I don't think there's anybody that's a quote unquote free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right. Just so where do they yeah. kind of land? Lots, lots of speculation of different quarterbacks that will find new homes via trade, via cut, via whatever. Um, and we'll be sure to talk about those as they're coming. So I'm sorry. We can't really go into that question too much right now. Anthony, I'll ask the big one. What happens to Baker Mayfield? Anthony Pratt asked that question. Um, yeah. I, I'll go in here. I, I've been pretty um, – I was a big Baker supporter. I'll, 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 I pulled up old tweets the other day just to see where I was at when this happened. I always said that Baker was a gamble, but he was the right guy at the time. That cocky, that like chip on the shoulder, hard work, earned everything he's ever gotten in his life. Um, Baker was the guy to get them to the hump. Unfortunately, he hasn't got them over the hump. But with that said, this is the best Browns team over the last three seasons that the Browns have had, they've had one season better in the last 30 years. So it's just like they owe it to Baker to give, to have this surgery and let him play out another season next year. Unless there is a trade Baker for X quarterback. We, we know a lot of them. We don't need to sit here and list them all. I don't believe that Cleveland's going to draft anyone. That's not in their cards, I don't think. Um, I think they will let Baker get healthy after the surgery, and they will go to war with him. Pick, I mean, and then after that, they can play the franchise tag game. Um, personally, if you're listening to this pod, um, I, I mean, I'm not a salary cap guru, but I like to talk salary numbers. Um, I would... 100% cut Baker Mayfield before I paid him 40 plus million dollars. I don't care what the average quarterback salary is going for. I would physically cut him before I paid that amount. Um, I think based off of what quarterbacks are making in today's market, I think Baker Mayfield 100% could sign a 20 year deal or a 20, 20 million per year deal. And what he would get a contract today. I think the Browns would sign that today, four years, 80 million, five years, a hundred million. I think they would sign that literally today, but that's not what Baker's going to request. And that's not what the Browns are going to offer. I mean, it's just, it's going to be somewhere. I'd feel very uncomfortable signing for over 30 million a season. It's just, it's not where I'd want to be. I think my, my top dollar would be the 25 to 27 million range. And I wouldn't go a dollar over, um, or I would look to move on. Okay, so they're going to keep Baker Mayfield. Yeah. They're not going to sign him to a long deal. It'll be the last year of his rookie contract with the option to franchise tag him. 
it's a year-to-year league, so Browns fans are just so quick to forget how they loved and why they loved Baker Mayfield and why that hate maybe they had this year because of the disappointment was so strong. Baker came in and has been your best quarterback in the last two decades. I don't think that's up for discussion. Last time you made the playoffs was what, Tim Couch? You know, we've, we've discussed that. Baker Mayfield, again, not every team needs a quarterback to be the difference maker on their team. I think a good example of this, I think what Baker can be is a Ryan Tannehill, a guy who plays well, and the team around him is what is the focal point. I believe that is still a way you can win. And what's going to happen is he's going to just go into next year and play on the last year of his deal. He's going to be fully healthy. You're going to have a fourth-place schedule with a team in the Steelers that may or may not have Mason Rudolph as the starter. You guys are going to be well in division. You guys, you know, traded with the – or no, you guys swept the Bengals this year, I think, but Joe Burrow didn't play. But either way, you guys are going to be successful next year. Baker's going to play full health, and you guys are going to come back around on him, and he's going to sign. And I think – I wouldn't go to 35, but 30. I would pay Baker 30 if he does well next year, which I am. I would bet all the cards, all the all the chips that he does well next year. I think Baker, again, was somewhere from the 12th to 16th best quarterback in the league two years ago. And if you guys signed him after the playoff win against the Steelers, I think he would have just called it quits and got surgery this year. 100%. Play, 100% him, he would have. Watching him play, you know, and everyone's saying, well, with the shoulder, he's 75%. He could have been 40%. Nobody knows. And, again, you say, well, if he's that hurt, he shouldn't have played. Again, he's trying to he's trying to get the bag, you know, and it didn't work out for himself. And he better and himself. Forget the money. He's trying to get that team to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So I just think that it was so hard to judge the Browns this year. And then – You know, they didn't really run Nick Chubb enough. Like, it was just really weird how the whole season worked out. Baker, full health, in his, what, now going to be his fourth year next year? Gosh. No, this is his fifth-year option. This is his fifth-year option coming up. His fifth-year, full health. Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Higgins, uh, Hooper, You've got Bryant and Joku, the line solid. Chubb, Hunt comes back full health. The defense is trending up. I think the Browns are a force next year, and I think Baker's going to do just fine, and he's going to earn somewhere from 28 to $33 million a year. If he wants more than that, the Browns will have to cut him. He, he can't afford – he's not the reason they're winning. But when he's hurt and playing, he is the reason that they're losing. I don't think anybody would de- decline on that. But – I think Baker is too perfect for the Browns. And this year, again, if he had a guaranteed contract, he would have gotten surgery after week six. It's not a bailout, though. He hurt the surgery tackling a guy he threw the ball to, which was on the other team. So, I mean, the surgery is his own fault, essentially, that he needed to have it. But there's no way he should have been playing on that shoulder. And he just buried himself a deeper and deeper hole. If if Aaron Rodgers got that injury last year, he would have had surgery and shut it down. Tom Brady, if he tore his labrum on his left arm at 43, he would have got the surgery. Russell Wilson would have got the surgery. Heck, he did on his hand and missed some games. But there was no reason Baker should have been playing up there. So it's very hard to, to acknowledge what they were this year. But the only reason it was a disappointment and it looks so bad and the optics are so horrible is because of how good they did last year. It created, yeah. it created a, it created a bar. It created a, you know, this is what we should be. And your quarterback, who is the most important player in your team, busted. I mean, the whole half of his body was gone. I mean, yeah, it's just too so, hard to, to, to look at last year alone. Just, just to be clear, so Baker Mayfield's first year in the league was uh, 2018. Um, he. Uh, he just finished up his four-year deal for being a first-round pick. Okay, that was this year. The team exercised his fifth-year option for next year. It, it was already picked up, so he is going to be the quarterback next year, um, unless something crazy happens. And the, by crazy, I mean he'd have to be traded. He would not be cut because he's due eighteen and a half million dollars, and it's fully guaranteed. And that would be a full dead cap hit of almost nineteen million dollars that the team's not going to take unless they massively upgrade at quarterback. So in my opinion, he's going to be there next year. That the, They already picked up the option. You pretty much can't cut him. You can you could trade him, but you'd have to upgrade massively. So 
he'll be there. And you're going to have to deal with uh, what comes with that. I, I think it'll be better than what you saw this year, in my opinion. And uh, Brad said between 12 to 16, I, I, I tend to go maybe in the 17 to 25 range, but um, he's win. He's a, he's a winnable quarterback in this league. Um, I just don't know that he's uh, the guy. And unfortunately the Browns don't, I'm sorry, fortunately for the Browns, they don't need him to be the guy They you have a roster in a very good run game and a good defense that you don't need him to be the guy. You need him to be a guy. You need him to be available and healthy and not cost you the game. And unfortunately, over the last, gosh, two months, he's done a lot more costing them games than winning them games. So next question here. Uh, this is the last one. I'm, I'm not really sure what he means. So Kyle writes in, Kyle Miller uh, writes in all the time. He says, uh, so Indianapolis wasn't going to lose last week, question mark? I'm not sure what he means. Yeah, so I think on the last pod that we had, you know, talking about um, well, pretty much everyone, I, us included, we talked about, you know, what can get people into the playoffs, you know, yeah. especially on the live show. You know, we went into this, and it was like, well, the Steelers, man, they're just playing for Ben to win his last game, and we know yeah. the Jaguars. There's no way they're beating the Colts, 15.5-point underdogs. We all knew the story. So his whole thing was, you know, kind of what we already went in on at the beginning of the pod. Basically, like, oh. we need to remember that it's a concoction for disaster when a team that has to play for everything is playing a team that has literally nothing to lose. It's an emotional game. These guys yeah. are all being paid millions of dollars. And even this worst player in the NFL team was the best player on his high school team and a top five player in his college team, and they all can make plays at certain times. And when the Jaguars only focus is boys, we are on vacation the second that final whistle blows. Lay everything else you got out here and let's spoil the party for the Colts. And they were able to do it. And it's like we just sometimes we, we take that, that week 17, week 16, week 18 matchup for granted in the divisional rivals when, you know, stuff's set in stone and everyone's like, yeah, the Colts are, you know, they got puckered butthole and they got they got beat up by the Jags. And it just goes to prove that, you know, same thing with the Dolphins. They played meteor to average quarterbacks. It's, they won seven straight against NFL teams, man, and that's yeah. you got to do it. And so with the Jaguars, yes, Kyle, we we wrote them off just like just like Jaguars fans did showing up in clown costumes. But Trevor Lawrence, man, there was a few plays, especially that the best three yard touchdown I might have ever seen. High snap, stiff arm a guy, floater to the back, toe touch. What a beautiful play! It's like that's the Trevor Lawrence we watched for two years at Clemson. That's the Trevor Lawrence where he's just out there flowing, tossing seeds around the NFL stadium. And he looks so good and it's reason for optimism. And it may have just got the, you know, a few more uh, people wanting to go interview for that coaching job because you've got James Robinson, you've got Travis Etienne coming back. You've got Marvin Jones, you've got Trevor Lawrence, you've got Josh Allen. And maybe you want to just go ahead and put Aiden Hutchinson on the other side of Josh Allen with the first pick in the draft. You've got so many options. And, and I think, yeah, we wrote them off, but it was it was fun to see the Jaguars be good. Cause I don't hate the Jaguars. I don't have anything against them. Yeah. I, I wish every team didn't suck sometimes, but man, what a I still don't think there's any way they should have beat the Colts. That was embarrassing. I'll I'll say this, and uh, and we can pretty much wrap it up. But um, you kind of alluded to it, but you didn't go in deep. So you said we we kind of overlooked the week seventeen, week eighteen matchups. So the NFL purposely. Purposely, when at, they added the additional game, they made it a point to have every single team play a divisional game to end their season. That's how Seven, it was before the 17 games, too. Not always. It's not always been like that. That's, sure? a, that's a newer thing. Oh, 100% sure. 100% sure. It's a newer thing. It may be, they may have done it before the 17 games, but it's a newer that's thing that they've started to do. No. So, I mean... The reason they do that is, A, so that you're still playing what should be a meaningful game, okay? And if not, you're going to play a divisional opponent, and at the end of the day, they're they're not going to lay down for you. Jacksonville didn't necessarily have the number one pick locked up going into the game, but they ended up getting it. And I'm sorry, it's, it's like you alluded to, it's the last game of the year. You have one thing to do. And, you know, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, one week prior, were beat 50-10 to 10 by New England. I mean... 
they, they, I don't think they wanted to get decimated two weeks in a row. And it's a very good thing to go out on first off to go out with a win to end your season, but also to ruin your division rivals playoff hopes. I mean, that's huge momentum going the next year. And for whatever reason, the Colts haven't been able to win in Jacksonville since freaking Andrew Luck was there slash Peyton Manning. I mean, literally they haven't had success. So um, maybe there's something to that. We just don't realize, but um, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up. Playoffs this week, man. Playoffs this week. Um, somehow, some way we're going to get you guys a playoff episode, whether it's live, whether it's recorded, whatever we want to do. We're not quite sure, but uh, yeah, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for listening. Um, I hope all your teams do well in the playoffs, unless you are a uh, Bills fan. And, uh, yeah, anything else, Brad? Yeah, I, I know we've been really bad on this. Maybe some of you guys listen and care. Maybe some of you don't. But I have been very invested in the NBA this year, and we will get you guys an NBA pod. It's just hard. The NFL reigns supreme. We all know yeah. that. So yeah. we'll be coming to you guys definitely before All-Star break, get you guys some NBA news, maybe some stuff you didn't know if you just enjoy hearing our voices but it is getting to that time where the other sports may come into play we got the world cup next year we've got nba going on you know we'll try and bring you guys a little bit of different stuff than just the nfl absolutely um yeah i mean our time is limited right now especially with the holidays and everything that's going on and our time has just been dedicated to football so and brad's team's in the playoffs my team's in the playoffs it's just been uh Feels good it's just been the height of of what we've got going on right now so uh thanks again guys and we will see you next time we out real talk